Just a heads up, there's adult themes and some strong language in this show. Look, it's 2035 and a lot of people are very angry about how things have turned out. You can't really blame them. E-Candy presents The Next Five Minutes, Episode 4, Helen. Oh, they seem to know exactly what time I'm going to be in my backyard. Thanks for travelling with Empyrean Air. This is your Skyball pilot, inviting you to sit back and enjoy the views. Conditions today are almost perfect. The pollution index is low for July. Visibility more than 100 metres. Scourge of the skies. Like every other day, I look up and curse. My nemesis come to torment me again. We're sitting down over Sydney's eastern suburbs, once the home of the rich and powerful. Yeah, up yours, Empyrean. I'm still here. But, as you can see, down here, there on your left, it's not all pearls and lap pools. That place is the last holdout of the anti-progress brigade. The mad, bad and the ugly. Fuck you, Captain Hogwash. There's never a bad time to poke the bear. Your mother smells like elderberries. That's the way it goes. Every other day. Me flipping the bird at a three-storey glass zeppelin with 200 gawping two-rows laughing at the mad old lady and the man steering the ship blasting me with Muzak he knows I hate. And it all started the day after I refused to sell my block for a redevelopment. My partner, Coral, just died three weeks before. Ladies and gentlemen, please wave to Miss Helen Santorini. And thank you for the show. Well, that was two years ago. But today, I have a new move up my sleeve. Bin bin! Now, not many people understand how tricky it is to train a raven. Coral was the expert, taught me everything I know. She even taught it to watch and comment on the nightly news. You need to curb that bird, lady. There are aviation regulations, you know. Oh, that is disgusting. Inland something large and sloppy on his windscreen. Bullseye! And I don't stop laughing for a week. (laughs) Like G.R.R.M. would say, that's Coral's favourite author, by the way, some battles are won with swords and spears, others with quills and ravens. Coral and I first met at Sappho, the legendary lesbian feminist bookshop in Glebe, but our love was cemented on a trip to Kashmir in 2019. Supposedly, the world can be divided into two kinds of people, those who have been to Kashmir and those who haven't actually lived. It was the Mughal Emperor Jahangir who nailed it. If there is such a thing as heaven on earth, he wrote, this is it. But it wasn't exactly a romantic paradise when we were there. I was working as a human rights lawyer, 
trying to help release 600 prisoners arrested after a lockdown and communications blackout by that arsehole fascist Modi. Coral framed it somewhat differently. The way the place is run is messy. Kashmir is like a polyamorous love triangle where each party, in this case India, Pakistan and China, can change the rules about access and who sleeps with whom on any given night. It's dysfunctional, that's for sure, but damn exciting just the same. She had a way of separating good from evil and concentrating on the former. I'd probably call it denial, but Coral was staunch. I'm a traveller, not a tourist, she'd say. No, she was in Kashmir for the food, the colours, the pashmina shawl, and trying to learn the Rahab. In the beginning, I told her she sounded like George Harrison on a bad acid come down. But in the end, she got pretty good. It's quiet and now she's gone. Two years on and I still pour an extra cup. Rose hip, Coral's favourite. I'll leave it there next to her favourite armchair. That's where she died. (laughs) Reading Kafka, The Trial. I want to die at home too, but in a different way. Only the azaleas we planted just outside the living room window, only they keep me going. Just one more bloom. That should do me. Then I'll have seen enough. Oh, the brochures here are piling up. If I'd sold the house to those Empyrean fuckers, I could be taking it easy in a nursing home. Or departure lounge, as Coral used to call them. Joints with names like Ascension, Arcadia, Eden, Agnes Day. Oh, pump the place with horrid dolphin music, pan pipes and wind chimes. It's pretty strange they all start with the letter A. I mean, it'd be more honest if they started with Z. And you can choose from a variety of ending options. If I was more outgoing, I could go for something like Sweet Dream Individual Release Program. A week of festivities in a private suite with your favourite DJ. (laughs) You can stay up to five years if you can afford it. The Dying by Dollar Scheme, Coral quipped. I heard a politician on the TV news the other day use the term youth and nurseries. Nice, but not for me. I'll stick around while I'm still curious about the world and while I still look forward to going to bed at night. To dream at night. In the one that recurs, I'm underwater. Eyes wide open, no problem breathing. There are old red public phones everywhere I look. And the ones on stands outside shops that used to take coins. Haven't seen one of those since I was a little girl. And I swim around trying to hang up all the phones. But then I remember there's someone I need to call. So I steady myself with one arm, floating, feel in my pocket for a coin. But there is no coin. There's no pocket. There's no clothes, actually. I'm buck naked. (laughs) And for the life of me, I can't remember who I was supposed to call. Oh, I blame the psilocybin. Back in the early 2020s, everyone I knew was into it. 
Now, they weren't taking trips with a shaman to the deepest, darkest Amazon to do ayahuasca. They were drinking mushroom tea supplied by ex-sanyasins from Byron or microdosing every day before work to enhance clarity and performance. I mean, my God! It really did get out of hand. <laughs> Coral even planted some datura in our backyard. Pretty, but also deadly. They call it the devil's trumpet. Need to be very careful with the dosage on that one. <laughs> she joked that we might need it one day to knock off any of the government authorities who might come to take us away. Ah, the garden. It's my refuge. Oh, I'm lucky I can still enjoy these azaleas. Still clearly see the soft pink blooms with the dark pink specks in the centre. Azalea exquisites. They were Coral's thing. I used to tease her that they reminded me of her freckled face. <gasps> they call us the grey shroomers. Coral always preferred gerontes. More dignified, she used to say. But we were lucky. We had access to the insight scheme. I mean, without it, we'd have been fucked. Like all the other nearly blind shroomers, you still see snailing through the streets. A decade of direct exposure to the sun will do that. Burnt retinas. The downside of psychedelia, a kind of karmic debit column. The cost of too much tripping. But like I said, we were the last of the lucky ones. The swarming dots in our eyes, they all went away thanks to our government issue retspex. Like a very high-tech corneal implant. I mean, nowadays, after Free Futures privatised everything, all you get are painkillers and food coupons. Oh no, the golden days of benefits for Geronts are long gone. You get sick these days... And you're off to a state retirement unit where most folks opt for termination. But I'm not ready yet. To go, that is. Terminate. Too many books to read. Too many books gathering too much dust. It's lucky I didn't ditch our Dyson V10, despite the government health warnings. It was the king of vacuums back in the day. If you could see this place, you'd understand just how much I love keeping old things. And Coral, oh, she was the worst. Oh, shit. The books are mostly Coral's. I should have culled them by now. There's a shit ton more in boxes under the house. They were our insulation against the world, our security, our faith. Our protection against the Visigoths. I think we both felt a kinship with Kafka's Joseph K. Never quite sure what we'd done wrong in the eyes of the government and caught in an endless loop of confusion. Ha! Oh, back in the day, we'd be on the streets every other Saturday protesting this or that. I remember when Torres Strait Islanders were finally clamouring to secede from the independent Republic of Gondwana, formerly the nation known as Australia. And Coral and I were part of an activist collective supporting the secessionists. They were being accused of sedition, hunted down and bashed by security goons. Well, days later, some negs from the Treason Bureau pay us a home visit. Videotape our entire book collection. I mean, there's no way we were going to pay the fine or sign a retraction. But then we discovered we'd been bugged with what they call a Patriotism Monitoring Unit, or PMU, attached to the back of the bookshelf. 
Coral chuckled when she saw it was hidden behind Ortuda de Fay, Canetti's classic novel about the burning of heretics in the Inquisition. Very apt, she reckoned. <laughs> well, luckily, the battery had gone flat, so they got absolutely nothing of us on tape. But still, the whole episode ended up costing us a month in the Zetland Detention Centre. <laughs> Those were the days, eh? Oh, we were massive peaceniks. Big on Gandhi. Chavez. Had all the manuals. Coral even wrote a song about Rosa Parks. Seems kind of quaint nowadays. Crossing now, the reporter Judith Dengate, who's at the scene of the latest outrage from the so-called Swag Sting activist group. This new generation of marginalised homeless youth, hell-bent on blowing shit up derailing trains, robbing government supplies supposed to go little old ladies like me. Judith, what can you tell us? Well, Doug, I'm standing outside the Shroomer Valley State Compound, which security authorities say was surrounded and bombarded with tear gas several hours ago. A number of staff members have now been taken to hospital. I I want to be more supportive, but I'm not sure I approve of their methods. There were no other signs of damage, Doug, but the culprits have gotten away in a stolen van filled with supplies. The swag sting movement has claimed responsibility for the attack. Makes me sad. Once gerons like me would have been allies of these kids, but now we're a target. Cybersecurity teams are now analysing CCTV footage with facial recognition technology, hoping to narrow down a list of suspects. Where are you? The name was Coral's idea. I mean, who calls their pet bird after an Indian poet, for fuck's sake? She could be quite a prize wanker sometimes, and I told her as much, quite a few times, actually. Everyone close to me's gone now. I'm all alone, just me and Bin Bin, and the occasional visit from the Bureau of Un-Australian Activities. My problem is I've got a steel trap memory. Never been one to write things down. Every part of this garden can conjure a memory. It opens up like a huge fan inside me. People, voices, sometimes too much. Hours, days, lost. (laughs) Coral used to call it my superpower and my curse. Talking about the past just weighs you down. Can you please shut up about the past? It's gone. Done. Turn it off. Huh. If only. Be easier to lop off a limb. Oh, I long to hear Coral's voice. (laughs) Even in anger. So, every day, I sit in this garden and I read and I reread parts of her journal. She started writing it on our trip to Kashmir, but I never knew. I only found it after she died. Funny, random stuff, poignant, full of historical observations, quotes, stories from local poets she discovered. It's strange how you can live with someone for years and never know what they're really thinking or the things they really love. I mean, Coral became obsessed with this Kashmiri mystic poet from the 13th century called Lal Dead. And reading her entries, I could see why she liked her. Lal Dead was a kind of sexy rebel who didn't give a fuck what people thought of her. 
Her decision to live without clothing, though, did cause her pain. She was taunted mercilessly, especially by kids. One day, so the story goes, a silk merchant came to her defence with bundles of cloth. Lal took two bolts of silk of equal weight, put one on each shoulder, and went on her way. She would stop every time someone ridiculed her and tie a knot in the cloth on her left shoulder. And every time someone praised her, she'd tie a knot on the right. At the end of the day, she went back to the merchant and asked him to weigh the bundles again. Lal thanked him for trying to help, then pointed out that, as he could see for himself, nothing had changed. Whether blame or praise came her way, the bundles weighed exactly the same. Santorini? Anyone home? Oh, yeah. I got lost in these stories. But it was also a bit... Well, it was a bit upsetting that Coral didn't feel that she could share this stuff with me when she was alive. Good to see you again. Oh, it's so nice and cool in here. Oh, excuse me while I put this contraption away before we trip over it. I'm losing the war on dust. Ha! Jace Tapsell from the BUAA has been my unwanted guest before. It's their job to keep an eye on, well, those of us they call the senior deviant dispatriots. All of us old rebels, we understand there's an unspoken rule, three strikes and you're out. I mean, really out, gone, kaput. Can I trouble you for a cool drink? Tea? It's the best on a hot day. She's pretty in an enhanced Botoxy kind of way. But what is that she's wearing? I think they call it a beat the heat suit with green and gold polka dots. Oh, youch! Piping hot, but perfect. And I love all your vintage furniture. Well, you can't sit there. That's Coral's chair. <laughs> oh, okay. Standing's fine. Sorry about the books. I've run out of places to store them. Feels like more than last time. I mean, I went to a library once when I was little, but they must mean a lot to you. Some of them. Collecting them was... That was really Coral's thing. Have you tried... Electronic ones? Make me fall asleep. I've already got a black mark next to my name, thanks to this bitch in a bloody bureau. Last time, she confiscated a notebook I called the 21st Century Devil's Dictionary. Random political rants, really. (laughs) About all the latest weasel words like free speech... Something you pay for. <laughs> she hated that one. I told her I thought of it as just a funny turn of phrase. <laughs> Got me a lecture about learning how to think within acceptable boundaries. It was an official warning. Strike one. So, Officer Tapsell. You can call me Jace. I didn't expect you for another few weeks. To what do we owe the pleasure? You know, I, I need to record this. Oh, knock yourself out. It's about your bird, Miss Santorini. What do you call it again? Rabindranath? Bin-bin. Well, the pilot of the Sky Bowl has reported Rabin... Bin-bin attacked his ship earlier today. Cracked the windscreen, he says, almost forcing him into a crash landing. That doesn't sound like my Bin-bin, Ms Tapsell. He's not a violent bird. I mean, he's a very vain bird. I'll give you that. Loves mirrors. I can only think he was attracted to the vessel by seeing his own reflection in all that glass. There have been other incidents too, I'm sorry to say... Attacks on officers from the protest pacification squad. Down at the cliffs near here, 
around the side of the new ocean footway and restaurant tower. We can't be having construction slowed down by birds. Well, I'd be checking your sources on that, officer. I've never known Binmin to attack a human, especially not an esteemed representative of our government forces. Miss Santorini, I've been advised to inform you that from now on, you need to attach your bird to a chain at all times. It must not leave your property. Yikes. That's strike two. Here comes the kicker. She's got brochures. I'm going to leave these here. Solid information about how you might transfer your assets into the Fading Out program and get yourself a spot in a top-notch youth nursery for when the time comes. More tea? No, thanks. Oh, lately I've been feeling that all the change I once loved to predict has lost its gloss. Cruelty, mindlessness and repetition seem to dominate the agenda. Endless repetition. Homelessness, terrorism, child slavery, nuclear accidents, contaminating food supplies. Doesn't seem to matter what it is, there's always someone there to make a fortune out of other people's misery. Even Mother Nature has turned against us now. No... I'm pretty sure the world would be very happy to keep on spinning without me. And to be perfectly frank, the world can go fuck itself. Oh, Bin Bin, you absolute shit. You worried me sick. Well, now, what in Buddha's name have you been up to? Oh, Christ. There's bottle over his beak and claws. Huh. Up to no good, no doubt. Oh, I'm going to have to pop you on the lead, dear Bin. I know you hate it, but better that than being taken away by that tapsel, Drongo. Come on, let's go for a walk. See what damage the storm's done. Nielsen Park isn't far, and no one's going to mess with an old lady with a raven on her shoulder. I can always let him off and get a cab back if I need. My knees give up. The walking stick isn't new. I've had to glue the elephant's head handle back on a dozen times. Ah, oh, not far now, Bin Bin. Now, what's got into you? Maybe we can find some oysters or a little crab or two, something to shut you up. Oh, oh my God. Who the hell is that? Oh, now I know what the fuss was about, eh, Bin? Come on, let's get you the hell out of here. A gruesome discovery on the shores of Sydney Harbour begins our bulletin this morning. Police have confirmed the body found after last night's freak storm was New South Wales Free Futures politician, Byrone Ellis. I, I know. I should have made some different choices back there last night, but you know, not my job. Me and the bird, we're in enough trouble. Our reporter, Judith Dengate, is at the scene. Yes, Doug, as you know, in the past 48 hours, the Junior Health Minister, Mr Ellis, has been embroiled in an international terrorist incident whereby the New York-based group, the Roofers, claimed responsibility for taking Mr Ellis's family hostage. One of the demands from the group was the handing over of his harbourside property here behind me to house homeless youth. My sources have confirmed that Mr Ellis had signed papers to put that into motion. I want the world to know what a straight shooter our bi was. Our golden arrow. Fearless, hungry for adventure. A change agent. And a champion for a free future. 
It's just so tragic that his life has been cut short. I can't believe he's really gone. That was Health Department Head Amanda Kildare. Judith, we know that Mr Ellis's wife Blaine and his young twins are safe and sound and that they've asked for privacy at this point in time, but what are authorities saying about the circumstances of his death? Well, Doug, there are still a lot of unanswered questions. Byron Ellis's body was found astride his jet ski on the harbour foreshore in the early hours of this morning. A lightning strike is thought the likely cause of death, although authorities are asking questions about how it is that the machine's engine was dead. It's led some to speculate about the possibility of human interference, and authorities are also still waiting for results of toxicology to come in. So, Judith, sounds like there's some possibility of foul play. Some of his injuries were unusually gruesome. I'm afraid so, Doug. Investigators really do have some work ahead to understand some of the rather bizarre details of this case. Mr Ellis was missing a foot, possibly the result of a shark attack, and his eyes, his beautiful eyes, had been removed from his body by someone or something, most probably after he was dead. We just can't say as yet. Oh, well, another one bites the dust. Sorry, but my empathy levels for these free futures fuckers ran out a long time ago. No? Time for hibiscus tea? Catch up on some much-needed sleep. But this was the day things changed. When my dreams took a turn towards the darkness and a new horror. It's daytime. At the beach. Quiet, no one else around. And a shark bursts out of the water. It's using its fins to crawl up the sand. It's as big as a truck, with eyes the size of dinner plates. I have never been more terrified. I mean, I could blame the psilocybin, but it feels more real than my waking life. Coral! Help me! I'm here, my love. Don't worry. I've got you. The Next Five Minutes was written and directed by Ian Walker, based on the 1990s unpublished novella, Australia Who, by Joanne Burns, starring Helen O'Connor as Helen, Eliane davis Morell as Coral, Lauren Hamilton-Neal as Jace Tapsell, Paul Barry as Doug TV News Anchor, Elizabeth Coolass as reporter Judith Dengate, Tommy Steele as Skyball Pilot. You also heard Jordan Oliver and Nick Stark. Our sound designer is Martin Gallagher, Music written and performed by Elena Godwin. Podcast art by Lauren Evans. Executive producers are Bronwyn Meehan and me, Paria Tayazadeh. The show is a co-production between Spineless Wonders, Echidna Audio and eCandy Media. The next five minutes was recorded on Gadigal lands. Big thanks to Create New South Wales who provided the cultural grant that made the show possible. Thanks also to Patria Wallace... Elizabeth Coolass and Fiona Smith. Please tell your friends about the show. Subscribe or follow us so you don't miss an episode. And you can follow Ear Candy Presents on Instagram or contact the show via our website.